0: Welcome to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast. I'm your host, Alexis and I'm so glad you're here. And today I'm also really excited to bring you another guest episode. It's one of my favourite things to do on this podcast, where I share the tools and knowledge from the Western esoteric tradition, in particularly the Renaissance, since I'm an early modernist by education, I had left academia a long time ago, but I also love to bring in inspiring guests who share their knowledge and their wisdom, especially from their lived experience, that's one of my absolute favourite things, so that we can all have more magical and empowered lives. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you will know I'm big about three things. Embodiment, pleasure, and intuitive living. Like, if there's one Venusian girlie out there, that's me with my stellium in the second house and my Jupiter in Taurus. And today's guest is like one of those perfect matches. I love it everybody who's been on this podcast. I hand select them. So, of course, I do. We are not going to have someone I'm not happy to have on the show. But Shelby really is one of those oh, my goodness, I want to be your best friend for the rest of my life kind of match. And she came to talk about how we can connect with the wisdom of our bodies and our intuition, how to improve our sex lives, And yes, that's basically I have to give you the warning, especially if you have little ones, but also if you find these kind of topics to be not your thing. We are going to go into everything from sex education to kink. So discretion advised. But let me introduce you to Shelby and then let you get to hear the conversation we had. So Shelby is an intimacy coach and healer As an intimacy coach, she is a professional guide trained in attachment theory, intimacy and sexuality practices, tantra, kink and reiki, and helps individuals enhance their emotional, physical and relational connections. She offers a playful approach to exploring relationships, sets and intimacy within a consensual, communicative and healing coaching structure. Shelby loves blending the realms of spirituality and science in her coaching and healings. And that is one of the big things around here where I'm really big into making sure that everything that we discuss is both spirituality and science and not on either or, because we're humans and they're both languages that speak into the human experience. So it's a really great conversation she shared, really tangible things to help us because I will be completely honest with you, I'm the first one who has had a really bad relationship with these kind of things. And anybody who's known the purity cultural the nineteen and the early two thousands and all that kind of messages that the bodies are bad, it would probably relate to what we're talking about in this episode. So I'll end the introduction here because there's not a lot more to say that is definitely going to come through more potently from the conversation we had recorded. If you want to support the podcast, you will find ways to do that in the show notes with the links and all of the offers for Shelby. And so, until next time, keep living in wonder. Okay. So, welcome to the podcast it's such a pleasure to have you here with me tonight and before we start i always pull a tarot card for my guests to kind of see the energy of what we're getting into and for you i have the two of wands which is a beautiful card because what we're going to be talking about today is has a little bit of a duality to it and also the vibe of the two of wands specifically about the world is a Royster. and that's a very well connected to the idea of the intuition which is the main topic that we're gonna touch upon and start with so with this duality that i was just mentioning how can you tell the difference between
1: ego and intuition okay so the difference between ego and intuition is with the ego you'll be hearing a lot of um like fear-based stories and body sensations that you'll be feeling, which I think are really important for you to pay attention to as well, are you'll be feeling anxiety more than likely. So your body is going to feel like, um, I always like to give the example of when you're learning in science, a biology class, when it's a solid liquid or gas and you're looking at the electrons. And so your body is going to be more like the gas where there's electrons bouncing all around in your body. And um, that's kind of, I feel like what anxiety is and what the the fear and ego mind can kind of um, visually look like and also feel like. Um, And then when it's intuition, oh, actually, ego is also very loud and obnoxious. (laughs) And they have the same story on repeat too. Um, And it's usually not very helpful. Uh, Intuition, on the other hand, is very quiet. It won't struggle to be heard. It's it basically waits for you to find it and be quiet enough to be like, OK, um, like ego, ego does serve a purpose. It's our it's a way of protecting us. And once it quiets down and can have a moment to just chill, then we'll take our, our turn. We'll speak up here. Um, And then in our body, it feels very calm and centered and grounded. Mm.
0: Ooh, no.
1: It's awesome.
0: I love how you put so much emphasis on connecting with the body, of course being the thing that you do as the your main thing and we're about to touch into that. But that's a very thing important thing for me to bring with this show because there's a lot of a tendency in spirituality and kind of circles to want to ascend and transcend yeah. our bodily experience. So I really love when people can have this more grounded and body-based understanding, which mm-hmm. can be, well, we can jump into that. Most of the conversation is around the nervous system when people talk about it. And mm-hmm. what part does that have to play when trying to hear this intuitive voice that you're saying is quite quiet compared to the ego? mm mm-hmm.
1: Um, actually there is something I want to touch on before we we go there, which is that, um, I definitely agree. I've seen a lot of people, especially like in the more spiritual realms of the world want to ascend quickly. And to me, that's very much more. So actually, it's not even really being in your body. It's being in your head. It's being in the outer worlds. And it's kind of like dissociating. It's actually not really wanting to be a human living this experience. You want to live outside of your body. And that's like missing the whole point. Of what being a human is about. Like We are meant to have the, these bodily sensations, these wants, these desires that come with our body. We're meant to be present here and also have these other experiences. They're meant to kind of like commingle. So we're missing a huge part if all we want to do is escape and ascend only and be in our mind or in the whatever, wherever space it is that you want to be. So I just kind of wanted to touch on that because I think it is an important thing to say that it's, there's a balance, like we're, it's yet, yeah, like the duality thing with, uh, the card. Um, we it's, you know, there's balance. There's meant to be both. Um, so yeah, so there's that. And then, um, to the question with the nervous system. So, um, fear and ego, ego, I find, sorry, I use them interchangeably, but ego is more like when we're in our, um, a dysregulated state in our nervous system. So it could be fight, flight, freeze, fawn, any of those um, nervous system areas. And again, that goes along with those stories that I was kind of talking about, or what are you know what is it that our body is actually asking for us to do? Why do we feel so anxious? And it's usually because it's, our body is saying, you need to take action. We need to flee the scene because something's scary. We need to fight because we can't flee. Or that's been a uh, protection mechanism that works. Or um, the fawning can be like that people-pleasing energy that comes up. And again, we're kind of like, like nervously, probably like flitting around like a butterfly, be like, whoa, hang on. How can I fix this? And you're, and you're running. Um, and then there's freeze, which freeze is interesting because, um, I was just, I was re-listening to a really beautiful book, which is called, um, Mary Magdalene revealed. And there's this one chapter in there where it talks specifically about this and it's the freeze response. And it's the freeze response is basically like comes in and happens when our body thinks that we're not going to survive whatever it is that's happening to us. So that can be like big trauma or it can be the way that our body has learned to cope because it's kept us safe. But it's I found it really, really interesting to re-listen to this because it's just... Once we get into that free zone, um, we're supposed to be able to shake it off in a way. So if you know we get up... Um, it's kind of, it's used in the sense of the more primal sense. So, you know, uh, pl- play dead. I've been caught by a, a cheetah. <laughs> um, I don't, when you freeze, you also can't feel pain. So I think it's because you dissociate as well. So you're kind of like hovering above your body. You can't feel anything um, because you need to survive. And so if you're going to feel that pain, you're it's going to be too much for you to handle. So we dissociate, we freeze. And then once we've play dead for long enough we can get up and, and continue on and continue surviving but then that would be like okay so now I need to burn off this energy I need to like run home I need to cry I need to um, yell or like hit something or w- whatever it is but if we don't complete that cycle and we don't let out that action um, then that anxiety just stays within us and it just builds and that again the, that electron idea of like the Electrons bouncing all around our body—they stay there, and then they can harbor. And I feel like they can really concentrate in the body and come become like these pain points, and actually turn into illness eventually if we don't let them out. Um, so that's all the ego side, and then the intuitive side is when our uh, nervous system is regulated. So again, we feel very grounded, we feel safe, we feel like we want to connect with other people, and. Um, we're able to actually have creative ideas flow to us. We'll be able to hear those little like nudges and our soul voice talking to us be like, I think we should do this. And they don't, I think the other thing with intuition that's really important is that this, some of those like soul nudges don't necessarily make sense. But then once you actually do take action on it, it does, it will make sense. You're like, Oh, I get it now. I didn't, I had no idea why it was directing me to do this, but it is completely right. It is spot on. So. That's kind of the, those are the differences when, with the nervous system.
0: Dive a little deeper on the intuition side, because as you were saying, the need to be safe is one of the basis of how people can get in tune with it. But mm-hmm. why should people be paying attention and wanting to be in that place of being grounded and able to hear it? How I should be in tune with it,
1: because that's the way that we learn how to trust ourselves. We can't. The EO isn't something that we can like. We can we can trust the EO to to protect us, but ultimately, it's an old um, it's an old system that is working for us. It's not up to date. It's not new. It's you know it's the first iPhone versus whatever number iPhone we're on now. Um, But the intuition, the intuition is giving us um, these hints all along the way. So if we can start to learn to listen to those hints and those soul hits, then we can actually learn to keep ourselves protected and more safe on a consistent basis. Um, and so, especially in things like with, um, with relationships, so you might, you're, you will start to recognize in your body, um, especially if you have a pattern of being with people that aren't really the best for you, they'll make you feel a certain way in your body and so when we're able to listen to those intuitive hits that are um to be honest i kind of find that excitement in any way so whether it's like this nervous energy or feeling excited or feel i don't know it's it's just this nervous energy i guess um in general but if we feel that usually it's it's our intuition kind of saying something's something's off like i need to I need to talk about something, something needs to be expressed. They said something I didn't like. There's something here that I recognize from the past that I haven't maybe connected yet, but like something, there's something that I need to pay attention to here. And, um, and the more that we listen to that, the more that we can then start to have conversations and say, be like, I'm noticing something. Can we talk about it? And then if someone says no, then that's pretty telling. Um, it can be telling. It can be like, you you know, there is something that's up. I just don't really want to talk about it right now. It's kind of too vulnerable for me. Then that's, that's a pretty good way to come across of saying, I don't want to talk about something. Um, but if they're just like, no, no, there's nothing wrong. Um, you're imagining things. Then they start gaslighting you (laughs) or something like that. Then it's, then that's not very good. And your body, your body is literally saying like, Hey, pay attention, safety concern. Maybe this person isn't the most safe person you know. They might be dishonest about something. They might be not. They might not be comfortable. They might be um, not true with themselves. And therefore, we can't trust them to show up as way in the way that we need. It can be like a lot of different things can happen um, when we choose to listen to our intuition, or if we don't. So we can choose to continue on the same patterns of potentially people that are um, unsafe and not showing up for us, like emotionally unsafe, or potentially physically unsafe, um, and not showing up for us, or we can start to choose something different where our body feels again, grounded and it might feel boring to be honest to some people that are used to like the ang- anxiety and the chaos, but it's it can just be nice. Like that can literally be the word that you describe. <laughs> These um upgraded uh relationships where they actually feel secure and safe. like it was I don't know, it was nice. <laughs>
0: yeah that, that's a very relatable thing although i haven't started dating again after well i'm not technically divorced yet but i'm in the proceedings from mm-hmm. what was a fairly emotional abusive situation and mm-hmm. i can really looking back see what you were talking about the body trying to speak i was so disconnected and dissociated and so in the mind and mm-hmm. having all of these ideas of what I was meant to be doing, having been raised in a very specific environment with ideas of what it means to be good. And Mm -hmm. that was informing all of my decisions and I didn't feel like I had the space to even explore, let alone do something about this. This doesn't feel right until it got to a point that was just so bad that everybody was that. Well, some of the right people came into my path and they were seeing and kind of putting the doubt and saying, are you sure that everything is okay? And then I ended Mm -hmm. up discussing that. And so it's really beautiful for me to be able to share this space with you and having that Mm -hmm. brought on if someone listening is in the same position of not recognizing that there even is a problem because they just not have that connection with the Mm -hmm. body. And since Mm -hmm. we are on this theme, although the episode is going to come out after Valentine's Day, it is Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day in two days from the recording, and you specialize in this body connection and intimacy Mm -hmm. and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Does the intuition have a role to play in what it is in that
1: area of our lives as well? Of course Mm -hmm. it does. I think Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the um, the biggest spots that we can really – Learn to listen to ourselves more because, like, if we're talking about sex in itself, it's so vulnerable. And I argue it's the most vulnerable part of our relationships. Um, there's so much work that can be done there. There's, it's like, <laughs> it is like the main show of where all the stories and all our our wounding and traumas and stuff can come in because there can be things like, you know, we're worrying about things like, um, how do I look? What should I be doing? Do they like what's happening? Am I taking too long? Um, am I too in my head and my body can't perform like all these, there's so many different things that can come up when it's about sex. And it's literally like, we need to come back into our bodies and be able to push, not push the the stories aside, but we need to just be able to start to, um, give compassion to ourselves and the stories that are happening, um, and learn how to become more safe in our Bodies and trusting ourselves to be able to have a really great intimate experience, and that doesn't have to actually be physical. that can just be um, like this emotionally intimate moment with with people. it can be it can look like many different ways, but um yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things where like one a recent journey that I started and I'm still kind of going on is just trying to understand what self consent looks like. And not even realizing that could be a thing. But so like if you're talking about pleasure, like how is my body responding to my own touch and the things that I'm actually doing? Um, the choices that I'm making, did like, is this good, is this bad? Am I shutting down? Am I closing off? What's happening? And starting to really notice that is like, is this pleasurable anymore or is it not? What do I actually need? Am I going too fast? Am I using something that's too stimulating? Am I like, am I cold? Are am I a more sensual person and I need things to like the environment to be a certain way in order for me to actually get into the mood that I I I need to create pleasure for myself like what's happening um so I think that that's a really really interesting um journey trail for people to like start to go and explore on is to really start to understand again what it is that they truly need because it gets um once we know then we can start to talk to people about it too right but if we don't know anything and we don't know why we're being triggered because we just don't know our body, then that's not helping us. It's not helping our partners. So it's just like, you know, learn, learn more, learn more about your body, learn more about what it's trying to tell you, learn more about what, where you're intuitively trying to go with your needs for pleasure.
0: Do you think that this is a much bigger conversation than just encouraging people to be speaking to their partners on a kind of like one-to-one basis and kind of like societal level
1: or yeah well it is again because there's we'll start talking about things and it'll be you know our our core wounds will get in the way so you kind of touched on one of them when you were talking a little bit about your experience being um like one of the core wounds can be that i'm bad you know like i'm not doing things right i'm ultimately i'm like i'm a bad human because i can't do xyz i'm bad because of whatever the stories are, whatever the experience, experiences are. And so even to be able to talk to your partner, you could be saying like, my needs are bad. My pleasure is bad. I should be just doing all of the, the giving. Like I don't, I shouldn't receive, like to receive is bad. And so there could be something about that, which then would hold you back from having that conversation. So it's more than just having a conversation because there's all these other factors behind it that, our issues. Cause then like people can have issues with them um, trying to speak of boundaries or again, the things that they do like, or they don't like, or like, maybe I'm interested in trying this. Like I've got a yes, no, maybe list, for example, which is a really great way to like fill out some stuff um, on the emotional scale and on the physical scale as for, you know, these are things that I like to try and these are, and I'd like to potentially like give or receive this. And then you don't have to have the conversation. You have a physical piece of paper, which might start to open this conversation, but then you can start to also consider in your own time, like would I actually enjoy these things or not? And so, yeah, there's like different, there's a lot of different levels to, to that.
0: If you don't mind diving a little deeper on this very theme of the layered, it can feel a bit overwhelming coming from Mm -hmm. any kind of background, not necessarily having had the kind of experience I had. I don't think emotional intimacy is quite as, prevalent as it should be in relationships can be easy to just get naked in the physical (laughs) sense without getting naked on a soul level Mm -hmm. what is the first step that people should be taking even before we we get to a level of wanting to get help from an expert like you in guiding that process what is the very basic making it less overwhelming first step to create emotional intimacy in general for making all of these getting in touch with our own understanding of ourselves and, and everything. If you think that making, creating emotional intimacy is the first step, then that is the answer, which is the step for that.
1: Uh, Well, there's just a few different ways I could answer it. Um, I, I really think that the first thing I kind of go based off of how I started doing it for myself, which was, I started learning about what were my needs first Because everything kind of seems to really go back to what is it that I need and what those needs can look like are things like, there's there's a huge list that, um, you can kind of pick from. Um, but there's, um, I'll go with a shorter list. There's like a, a six, six point list, which is, um, you know, order in order of, you know, what's your most highest need. Like, do you like love and connection first? Do you like, um, uh, I can't remember what all these ones are actually. Like it's like safety and stability, um, novelty. I can't remember what all these ones are either way, Uh, but there's, but there's beauty, like there's emotional connection, there's, um, travel, there's, um, personal growth. Like what are the things that really matter to you? And, And really starting to understand, you know, what are my top five things that really, really matter to me and how can I start to give myself those, those needs? Like, what can I do more of? So, Um, if personal growth is a thing that you really enjoy, it's something I really enjoy, then I can start to listen to more podcasts. I can join a group um, or a program where I can meet more people that are interested in the same things as me. And then maybe I can have more friends that are interested in this particular thing. if you're into like personal growth is also sexuality. So if you want to learn more about sexuality and that's like a big, big part of what you enjoy to do, then again, same thing, go and look for workshops or online courses or like come and do something like a coaching thing with me. And and those could all be ways that you fill your cup with personal growth and with sexuality. And that can also be about expression. And it can also be like, there's so many different things that it can be because um, your needs, you can also layer basically. So like some of mine are emotional connection, Um, that the sexuality expression, all of those things. And so I really get that within my friend group and within doing, um, like the work that I do and, um, dance dance would be one of the other ones too. So I get my community, I get, I get that connection. I get that expression. I get that sexuality out of multiple different layers of things in my life. But it's, if you can like, it's basically like habit stacking or need stacking. If you can do one activity or one thing where a whole bunch of your needs are getting met at once and that's like a really um high value quick way to get your cup filled
0: that's actually great advice i didn't think of it Uh, one thing that comes to mind hearing you say that it um i know a lot of people could think especially when it comes to sets as a thing uh, on its own but relationships as well in in a broader sense, like false understanding that we're meant to know what's supposed to happen, and we're meant to already be prepared and good at it mm-hmm. and so the idea that actually, for some people, the resistance around getting help and getting coaching around is that some would you like to speak a little more into that kind of why is it important that we take a beginner's mindset for lack of a better word? about ourselves and have that exploration level and why it's good to actually have support doing
1: that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You cut it a little bit, but I think I've got the gist of the question. Um, Yeah. (laughs) A lot of what we know is what's portrayed on like a TV or ads or movies. Like it's not, it's not really, an in-depth version of, of what like sex is about at all. (laughs) And, um, a lot of schools don't actually talk about sex in a way that's about pleasure. It's more about how not to get pregnant. Um, and those aren't really super effective. And those are also very, um, they can kind of be very shame based. Like it's a dirty thing. It's a bad thing and it's not. Um, but if people aren't teaching in a way that's self uh, sex positive and, um, open to actually have these conversations. We even talk about like different sex- sexualities. Um, that really is very helpful. So um, basically we are, I think that what everyone knows is basically if you have sex, a man and woman have sex, um, there's potential to have a baby. That's kind of like what everyone knows. <laughs> that is, that's like the baseline of what everyone knows. And then other than that, you have to learn. Like, it's just, I think that's kind of a, you're not going to get good at anything unless you choose to learn more about it so you can kind of like go and choose to you know practice and fumble around and figure out what what things work and what don't by having conversations with with your partner partner or partners and um, and doing it that way but there's also avenues where you can actually go and find like courses about different ways of accessing your pleasure about you know being able to help your find pleasure with your partners or having, um, again, like these lists or these tests or these like fun ways of just figuring out, um, what our body can actually do. Cause there's like, there's so many things that our body can do. Um, and so many types of pleasure that they, that we can access. Cause there's, um, even there's these different types of like orgasms that people can have, which they don't necessarily always understand, but our body, like our, you know, with, a, it doesn't just have to be like an ejaculation for a man. It doesn't have to be um, you know, someone, someone was going down a woman and, and, and touching her clit. And then she had an orgasm that way. Like the body has so many different types of, um, points on it that are so, so pleasurable that you can actually train yourself to have an orgasm because of like hitting different points on your body. And that actually is very, like, I haven't looked too much into what it looks like for, um, a disabled person to, have sex, but I've heard, but from some of the information that I do know, like they can orgasm from different points of their body, wherever they can feel. So if they're like, you know, if they're paralyzed from the neck down, they could have like ears or neck or something, um, stimulated and that cause orgasm for them. And there's also the ability of having energetic orgasms are really, really interesting too. So if we can move the energy up through our body, um, if you're a more energetically sensitive person, like you'd be able to explore this and move it up through your body and have it release out. And it's like these body waves that start to happen. And so it's really, really cool what the body is capable of. And you have to do the research in order to figure out what it what it is. Like there's all this available information Others, there's, you know, why wouldn't you go in and find all this awesome stuff to see what you are interested in and what you can do?
0: Well, that's a rhetorical question. I know that because we're having this conversation in a space that a lot of people are probably quite aware of the possibilities, at the very least. But in case someone is not aware, we have covered the bases. But mm-hmm. to answer it as, as if it was a serious question, it's because we are such a pleasure-averse society in general mm-hmm. that even well, like I food and things, it, it is changing yeah. a bit. But it can...
1: Yeah. But I feel like one, it's shame. I feel like it's yeah. it's not that people are really against it. It's just that the shame is so much bigger mm. that it just overwhelms the pleasure yeah. that people really want.
0: No, that's true. Mm-hmm. I want to speak about that. It's, how... <laughs> it's going to be another, another hour <laughs> of diving into the shame. But I guess it is an important thing because it, it takes a lot of courage to say, well, everybody believes that we're supposed to know how to do these things naturally because the point of it is just to have a baby. But instead, we're kind of like talking about getting in touch with our bodies and what they like and mm-hmm. having this more embodied experience of so enjoying. the pleasure on a big level. The, the basic definition of it is not even like a sexual thing. It's just like a feeling of satisfaction. And anything can give us that feeling. But the majority of things that give us those feelings, I've, something to do with the body sets being one of them food Mm -hmm. being another Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are into both at the same time so the sky's the limit but Mm -hmm. if shame is such a big thing what can we do as people who obviously if anybody's listening to my podcast very likely into empowerment and the idea of taking it upon ourselves to be the change and start having these conversations and bringing them out so that more people can empower themselves because i don't believe that you can empower someone else you can help them you can Mm -hmm. model what being empowered is Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you have to overcome yourself which is kind of going on a tangent but going back to the idea of the shame underneath it what can be done to kind of start chipping away at it and getting into exploring this area
1: um well what i've found what i've really found with shame that seems to work well is shame and judgment i find go hand in hand so if we find ourselves judging then it's a call for us to try to be more open about what it is that we're thinking about and other stories that might be going on um questioning why it is that we're judging in a certain way and do we usually we're judging ourselves for similar things um So I find, I find that a lot of the stories that we end up saying, and we get the things we get upset about, it's actually quite hypocritical (laughs) because it's because, and like, not to say it in a, in a like discompassionate way, but it's just, um, that's really, seems to be what, what happens is we get upset about things that, that we also do or bother us. And it's because we might, we don't feel good about them or we're feeling ashamed of them. So being able to have a more open mind, um, and not seeing things in black and white, that'd probably be like some of the first steps. Um, I just think of um, like, this might be a good a good way of, of describing it. So my, um, like I'm interested in the world of kink as well. And my introduction into it um, was with a, like a short-term partner that I had and I didn't know anything about it, but he was into the world. And then um, he would start to, he would like, he didn't do anything. We'd just be, ch- we'd just be chatting. And then he'd say, yeah, like some people like this thing. And then my reaction to it was like, what? <laughs> Why would anyone like that? And I would immediately be like, holy, like this, I don't know about this man. And he's like, no, but like, here, listen, this, and they just talk about it and he'd explain things. And then by the end of it, like he didn't, he wasn't reactive. He just was open about it. He left the space for my reaction to happen. And then he's like, if you're like, you know, can I share more about it? I was like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> and uh, and then once he talked about it, I was like, okay, I I think I kind of get it. And then he'd go and he'd say something else. he be like, I don't know what that went either. I have like the same reaction multiple times. Um, But with having the space of, of someone that allows like your reactions to just happen be like, like, it's fine. They're just having a reaction. And if that person's also open, then you can have this um, like beautiful conversation that can actually lead to something um that changes your world in a sense. So it's I think it's yeah, it's like just being open and try not to like let don't judge the things that kind of come up if you can start to practice. That's not going to work all the time. But you know, if you get a one out of ten times that you're like, ah, I beat judgment today, then that's 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 mm-hmm. good. And then you can work on making it a higher um statistic.
0: It's so a good thing you brought up, Kink, because I know from the the popular demand on the back end of the podcast that that was a topic that would gather some interest because I keep getting requests to dive into sex magic and I still haven't <laughs> gone down that rabbit hole of wanting to bring it up it's such a big topic so it's not mm-hmm. that coming from a place of wanting to hide or that kind of thing so it's not kind of mm-hmm. overwhelmingly expansive we could stay here the entire evening talking about even just the idea of kink itself and so I'm not sure if you know I have a master's degree in history so I have all that background and one thing that interests me is was the cultural and intellectual history and specifically Europe so there's that intersection of Christianity and how it changed from the before reformation to after reformation and how we do the same so the idea that Kink itself, how it came about to be seen as a thing rather than just a normal part of human sexuality is kind of like a very interesting topic that mm-hmm. goes back again on people were a lot oh, more word. open in the past than we think Plastic. they were. And that was very shocking when I looked into that and found out because we kind of think of it as a self as a very open and modern and, and everything and then you're like this has been going on since antiquity that's a little bit of a tangent but it's uh yeah when you were talking about being open-minded i think that really speaks into the idea of the intuition that we were talking about and mm -hmm. the trust piece it seems slightly disconnected but what i was feeling is if you have the trust that you're going to be okay then you can explore that kind of topics even knowing, I'm not sure if that things is for me, but I kind of like having the knowledge that for other people it is and kind of like be prepared and never finding in a situation where that's a new information at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Like having, like you were saying in a conversation, it's a bit easier than finding yourself with a partner because invites you over and then is there ready with the kit. Mm-hmm. So, but how do you build the trust in your intuition when you're kind of not used to valuing it, which is we're not thought,
1: when you're testing
0: it, can
1: off? Okay, go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can test it. Cause I was thinking of that because I did um specifically regarding like the realm of kink. Um I I ha- I remember a particular time where I was thinking to myself, like, okay, I want community. How do I find it? And I was I just wasn't sure how I w- how I could safely find kink community that I want Like, what what is it that I need? What do I need to do? I just don't know and i had i had two options in my head so i basically was like okay like intuition i want you to tell me which one you think is um is appropriate or i don't actually even know if i did that or if it just popped into my head um sometimes that happens for me with with my intuitive voice like there would be, be like do this thing like oh okay <laughs> cool um so i don't remember which happened on this particular day but i was going between um either there is this, it's basically, it's like, it's like a sex club um, was one option or going to a rope course. So like Shibari and learning how to tie. And um, to do the rope course, I would have to wait basically. Like I have to wait for the right time. I needed to find a partner that I could tie <laughs> as well. I needed to like, I, there's a couple factors. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. So my intuition was saying go to the rope course, but I was saying I can go and see if I can find like community at this club. Um, which I guess that sounds really weird to say, like I want to go to a sex club to find community, but it's <laughs> in the in all the research that I've done and in understanding it more, it's actually there's a lot of people that go there literally just to be able to express their sexuality, not not to have sex, but to go and say like, hey, I want to go walk around naked and I want to go talk to people, (laughs) but I don't necessarily want to go and have sex with people tonight, but I just want to be around people that are really supportive of this. And um, I was like, that could be okay. Maybe we'll see. (laughs) So I basically, I ended up testing my intuition. I heard loud and clear that rope was the right answer. But one day I was like, you know what? that's going to take some time. I'm going to go and try to go to the club. I went, I tried to go to the club. I literally remember this was like a whole day affair for me. So I was thinking about going. I was like, "Okay, hey, I'm ready to go." It my body was like in complete shutdown. It said, "No fucking way. And like, should you be doing this?" Um I was really dysregulated in general around that time frame. I wasn't really feeling super safe in my body and because of the situ- like the relationship that I had currently been in. Um and so I I forced myself to go. Anyway, and I lasted half an hour in there, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And I went, I like made myself go in. Nothing bad happened to me. Nothing. Um, I literally just like went in and went and sat by the pool that was there by myself, and it was like that anxiety electron thingy was happening in me, and I was shutting down, and I was. I think I started to hyperventilate a little bit. Like I could just tell my breathing was getting more shallow, and uh, and then I was just like, no, can't like. Basically, like ran out of the club, <laughs> tossed the like my locker key back to the leach. So you come back like nope, went to my car and cried. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I tested my intuition. That one was a no. And I was like, yeah, that was definitely no good, good call intuition. Too bad I didn't listen. Um, and then when I went and did the rope course, that felt really, really good. And that's continued to feel really good for me. And that's where I find a really nice community. So you can test your intuition and you'll get a very specific <laughs> answer.
0: That's a very strong intuition that you actually had <laughs> that clear sense of which one it was, and you kind of to yourself out of it. I have yeah. such kind of situation, not quite as spicy as these ones. But, yeah, it, it is kind of an mm. overwhelming world mm-hmm. to get in if you don't know. And it, it can mm. be easy to talk yourself out of it. So you're actually quite, quite brave that like, you just for to go with what, to me, if it's like the more dangerous option in a mm-hmm. sense because like the course is kind of like more clinical in a way when, yeah than a club and you're just gonna kind of, like they head first like
1: well my my so this kind of <laughs> speaks very much to my need for connection though like i really really want community mm-hmm. i really really want the, these emotional connection connections and these people that um that have similar ideas and um beliefs and wants i don't know just like i just wanted i just wanted friends so i just really wanted to figure out how i could find them so like you can just, in this story that's like you can see how big my need is for that I was like mm. there's a lot of things saying no but i really do want this type of connection so how do i how do i find it how do i get it so it's it's been it's been a mission
0: yeah so i guess it's like kind of a manifestation piece as well having mm-hmm. to have that need and vocalize it and wait for the one Situation when you get the get go, like the green light, and you're like, okay, this is it, this mm-hmm. is the aligned action, and and it's a difficult thing to trust, and I know that firsthand. I guess we mm-hmm. they, are running a little over the time. So I don't want to take too much of it, and so we can start um wrapping up. Is there any more thoughts? I I literally could keep you the entire evening on that topic. <laughs> so we just start looking at if there's any final thoughts you want to share on something we talked about
1: well i think it's just i it's just to reiterate basically the same thing i've been saying throughout the whole time which is just really start to listen and trust your body like it's hard to trust your body at first if you're not used to doing it but if you can just start to begin to listen to it and become more intimate with um with those different sensations that are happening and then questioning what they're about. You can literally just be like, okay, I feel like my stomach's upset right right now. Why? You know, like what's, and like pausing literally for a moment or two and asking that question. And then your intuition should talk or you'll realize like what's actually going on around you. Be like, Oh, I'm like, my stomach's upset because someone just spoke to me in a not nice way. Um, or there was a situation over here that I could, you know, I, w- I was over here in a safe space, but there was like a confrontation happening over there across the road, which put me on alert. And like, you'll just start to notice, notice things like that um, in your body. And that's, that's a way of starting to learn, like it's a, like stepping stones to how to learn how to trust whatever it is that your body's telling you and be like, our body observes a lot of different things. It's telling us a lot of different things. And a lot of the time we've just spent choosing to not listen and push it away and, and ignore. And it doesn't keep us safe. So we're actively in a way choosing not to keep ourselves safe. When we have all these signals that are saying, Hey, like, listen, listen, this is how we stay safe. Stay away from that. Speak up about this, um, you know, slow down, do whatever X, Y, Z. And then, um, and then as we learn to actually listen, we learn to trust ourselves more. We become more intimate with ourselves. we we'll are able, we're able to become, um, really good, solid humans that communicate, with ourselves and to others in really healthy ways and it helps our relationships get a lot better when we're able to do all of those things
0: thank you so much for sharing that wisdom and it's going to be any people interested in working with you all of the details for that are going to be in the show notes unless it's something you want to mention in hmm. specific i'm gonna just
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I've got, yeah, I've got, um, like I do. So I think on with, with your specific podcast, people might like that. I have, like I do Reiki and energy healings. We didn't really touch on that at all in, in this particular yeah, no, podcast, no, no, no. but I do that. Um, and then I've got my group and one-on-one coaching, which are, um, three month containers. Um, so if people are interested in doing that, then we go through this whole process, um, this whole process of, um, of learning, you know, how to get more in tune with our body, what our wounding is, what our, you know, what our nervous system is doing. A lot of the stuff that I talked about today, and then it doesn't have to be based on, um, sex or sexuality at all. It's just, it's basically learning how to be more intimate with your body. Um, and within our relationships in the way of like that emotional and like, connecting emotionally and physically with ourselves, like all the, in all the levels, it's not, it's yeah. I think it's just important to say, it's not just about sex.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can build up to that from, yeah. The connection with the body but yeah just a short question since you mentioned the reiki and energy healing how does that tie into the whole is that something that you recommend people would engage with if before they start trying to listen to themselves kind of like clearing the energy type thing or mm-hmm.
1: yeah Which i like it? it well there's a couple of things so i've noticed that people usually people that come to me for reiki actually aren't usually ready for coaching even though coaching would be great for them Um, but it's, it's very telling. I think it can kind of point them in a certain direction. So a lot of the times with the Reiki healings, like it helps with the energy clearing. It helps, um, people regulate their nervous systems, but I also get a lot of messages when I'm doing my healings. So, um, over whatever chakra I'm working on, I'm going to get a message that like, you know, this, this is something that's been going on. And most of the time it's, it's relational. It's about the things that are going on in your life and it's causing this emotional blockage in your energy system and you know, this is what you need to do. And it's the same things that I talk about in um like in this podcast. It's we need like, you know, we need to be able to learn how to communicate better. We usually it's about um expressing our needs, either giving or receiving in a balanced way, um, setting a boundary, stop telling ourselves these awful stories that are really hurtful to our internal system. Like it's usually those are the answers to it, but people don't necessarily um know it right away. So that the messages will come up and then they're kind of usually people are floored because I have most of my clients I've never met them before and they're like I don't know how you knew those those things I'm like yeah skills
0: <laughs> I don't know yeah, yeah. that's one of the <laughs> things that I learned being an entrepreneur is that so much boils back down to relationships both what you had with your family of origin and what you had with the people around you growing up and romantic relationship ones you. Yeah old enough for that kind of things it affects everything from how you relate to money with the things you put Mm -hmm. out there I can find it in my like copying the website sounds like so far out and I can connect how some things feel off and I realize that that's like an unworthiness that is coming from Mm -hmm. a very specific comment someone made in yeah. a relationship and it's just so big uh, we could yeah. really dive into that we could <laughs> you could come back for a, the sets piece when I do get down to the sets magic <laughs> okay. they will wear me down eventually but I don't want to take up any more of your time right now so I appreciate that it's very precious and I'm very honored that you chose to spend it with me and my community okay. yeah thank you. It was fun. I loved it so I love everything so people can connect with you in the show notes and thank you again. So yeah, for no sharing your wisdom, your energy and yes. your time. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks. <laughs>